0: Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. This is Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter Paige Baumert. Hi Paige. Hello. All right, Paige, today we're talking about chickens. Well, kind of, not really, but we're talking about <laughs> gathering in the family as a hen gathers her chickens other, under her little wings. And so that our families can have increased unity and increased success. Gathering is a principle. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about ways we can gather the family, get them all on the same page, and improving those relationships and bonds that we have together. But first, before we get to that, as is tradition on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we are going to talk about a fun family activity. Paige is summer right now. What is a fun
1: thing to do with the family, maybe in the summertime? Something that I know we loved to do in the summer was have water fights or just play in the water. So sometimes we would go and buy a pack of water balloons and we would fill them up and then we'd have a water balloon fight. Um, I remember one thing we did a lot was we would put a sprinkler connected to a hose underneath our trampoline and we would kind of bounce around on the trampoline with that. Um, or we'd put the hose up at the top of our slide at the playground and have a water slide. You know, there's just so many things that we did with water that were so fun and it being summertime right now, as we're recording this and um, it's, it keeps everyone cooled off and it's really fun and it's a fun family thing to do together.
0: Yeah. Water fights are so fun because, all the sillies come out, you know, now you do have to pre-teach for success on a water fight, make sure that everybody understand how's that, how it works. Oh, you're going to get hit with things. You, you could, you know, lose a battle, right. Or something that's, that's a good thing, but you're right. There's so many water things. In fact, maybe we can give some other fun water activities in one of our next uh, podcasts here too. Because I just, as you were mentioning a couple of those, I had other ones pop into my head. I'm like, oh, and this and this and this. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, wait, we're not going to do a whole podcast about water activities. But we absolutely could because there's so many. So maybe we can talk about some of those next time too. So here at the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, we look at every topic through the lens or the principle of self-government. Paige, what does self-government mean to you?
1: self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of my own behaviors so that i can control them so being able to look at a situation and saying okay i have these skills how am i going to act
0: yes love that now i love that you say that you have these skills so here's the thing um, self government, the principle of self government, like Paige says, requires assessing yourself regularly and also understanding cause and effect and developing certain skills that lead you toward the effects that you want. Well, um this means that a key part of of our self-government training is teaching people the skills they need so teaching children the skills they need teaching parents the skills they need so that they can be calm and self-governing now in order to learn self-government it takes a certain kind of tone and a certain kind of structure so i am most known for teaching skills these like the four basic skills the five teaching styles you know these different things that people um oftentimes associate the teaching self-government program with. Um, the skill for calmness, for instance, and stuff like that, all these things are taught in the teaching self government parenting course, which is an online course, or we have different books and different trainings where you can learn these skills. But there are other things as well. So that are part of this training. So you've got to have this assessment that happens regularly, which means the family's got to have a plan of where they're headed in the first place, where do we want these relationships to end up in the first place, and then there's got to be a way to check up on those relationships. And so we've got to have a plan for that type of success on the back end of everything. And then we've got to make sure that we're improving our problem solving along the way and making sure that we bring in that right tone or feeling in the home so that the family can connect and have that spirit of love and that change of heart that is characteristic of a self-governed person or a self-governed family. So really self-government is about having a change of heart. There's a lot of different components. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about a couple of those components. We're going to be talking about getting everybody on the same page and getting them prepared for success. And then also checking up on how you're doing and what that looks like for a self-governed family. So to do this, we're going to be talking about the principle of gathering. Now in the Bible, there are multiple verses that talk about a hen gathering her chickens. And I just love this imagery, you know, how a hen opens up her little wings and she goes out and she scoops the chickens up underneath her wings and she puts her (laughs) little chicks under her. And then she's like, okay, now I'm going to sit on you and keep you warm or you're going to stay under me because you're not going anywhere tonight. Like we are staying in the nest. Right. And so this beautiful um, symbol of unity, how she goes and you know scoops them up, and I think that's exactly what parents hope to do on so many occasions they see the children kind of wandering and maybe going a little wild and they go okay I gotta just gather them up again let's just (laughs) let's just get everybody back on the same page you know and spread our wings and scoop them up and do the teaching do do the the protecting now now of course they have to choose right Uh, Just like it says in the Bible, in some places, and people won't be gathered, they're like, nope, I'm choosing not to be gathered, you know, Um, then they're vulnerable, they're in danger, Um, they're not connected to the mother and the rest of the family. And, and so that's a, you know, that's a situation where bad things could happen. So people do have to choose to be gathered, but there is a way that you can do a gathering of your family where the people actually choose to be gathered. And I think that's the important thing. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the principle of gathering. So page. Um, The principle of gathering, how would you explain the principle of gathering?
1: To gather is to collect separate things and join them together into one body to assemble.
0: Okay, yeah. So that's what Webster's 1828 dictionary says, is that you assemble them together. So think of like you're building a model or you're building, you know, a home or whatever. You have to put all the different pieces together in their right place to assemble them. And so then all of the wood and the plaster and the flooring and the plumbing and everything, it all comes together to become one body, this house. So now it's its own unique thing. So when you gather people together, maybe you're gathering um, all of the people in your department at the office, or maybe you're gathering the family together, you're coming together as one body. So no longer are you all these separate little parts necessarily, but you're working together as one. You're using your separate gifts, your separate and unique personalities as one group doing one thing. That's what it means to gather. So this last week I ended up attending a camp. It was a camp for girls for my church And at the beginning of this camp, well, I shouldn't say attending. I mean, I was one of the people in charge of the camp.
1: So you were leading it. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but but I was attending too. I was anyway. So, um, so at the beginning of this camp, we get to this big lodge where we're going to be staying. And all of a sudden I get this like craving to gather. It was like, Oh, Nicklin, you got to gather them up before we get going on on getting into the lodge. So even though we were all sitting in the same room and we had just gotten there, I thought before we do anything, I got, I gather them. So they were literally holding their pillows and their bags and sitting there in the main room. And I said, before we assign any rooms, cause that's what they were hoping for, right? Is what room do I get? And they're so excited about that. I said, we've got to create a camp vision and we've got to decide what we want to get out of camp. And so then I proposed to the group, I said, I said, so, you know, here we are at camp and we've got these four days that we're going to spend together. What do you want to get out of it? What do you hope happens to the relationships and to this group of people? What do you want it to be like for your memory of this camp? And these girls who were all between the ages of 11 and 18 they all sat there and just thought for a quick second and then they started raising their hands, you know, and saying stuff like, well, I've been at camps before and people were mean to each other. They talked bad behind people's backs and stuff. And I don't want that. I think we should all help each other. I think we should be kind and charitable to each other. And, and then people say, I want memories. I want to remember this forever. I want this to be the best camp I've ever been to. You know, well, this is my first camp and I, I'm i really looking forward to this. And I think it's going to be like this, you know, and they were bringing up these ideas of what they wanted. So what were they doing? They were buying in, right? They were choosing to be gathered right then because they were adding their input into what this gathering was going to be like. So anyway, um, I then I said, yeah, I agree. I want that. And I want that. And some of the adults were adding some things into this now. So this whole group, adults and youth, we all understood that we all wanted the same thing. It wasn't like the adults were trying to, oh, we brought you here to control you. You know, it wasn't, you know what I mean? It was like, no, we want to have fun. And we, and, and I got to tell you, by the end of that camp, it was so magical and so beautiful. What happened? I mean, uh, we had this little time where, where people were sharing their hearts and their thoughts and their feelings and sharing testimony with each other. And, um, and these girls were just crying, talking about what a beautiful experience it was. There was no drama. Now, you put together thirteen girls in a lodge and doing camp activities and stuff like that for four days. You expect a certain amount of drama. There was none.
1: Real? Oh, that's amazing. Zero,
0: zero drama. No fights. No backbiting. No talking behind each other's backs. Nothing. It was absolutely amazing. And these girls were like, I am never missing a camp again. (laughs) I will be at every single camp, you know? And there was one girl who's, she was one of the older girls. And she's like, even after I graduate from high school, can I next year, can I still be at this (laughs) camp? She's like, can I just come one more time? Can I come help be a leader? Because it was that transformational. They were that bonded and that all in. OK, they had been gathered. Now, that same type of spirit of gathering can happen for our families. Now, I know, Paige, at the beginning of your little family, so you're expecting you got number one on the way. So mm-hmm. excited. Um, you're married, but you have this new little family. And and you and your husband went through a, a vision process for gathering right? And how profound was that for your family, your marriage?
1: It was really, really profound, actually. So, and this was shortly after we got married, probably only a couple months. And um, so, of course, we're still, you know, getting to know each other, figuring out how each other worked, um, stuff like that. But it, not only did it bring us closer together in a time where we, you know, needed something that did that, But it also showed us what we both expected out of our relationship and out of the efforts that we were putting into, you know, our marriage and our family. And so that vision that we created was, you know, very crucial. And um, it's something that I still think about and look forward to, um, you know, with with our family in, in 20 years from now. I mean, I guess it'd be closer to 19 because we're, we're close to our one-year mark. But <laughs> um, but it's been very, very beneficial for both of us. I love that. So you
0: made a vision for 20
1: years from now.
0: So now I'm kind of curious because I don't think I've ever asked you this. And now I'm going to publicly ask you, but I'm kind of curious. Did you put a number of children that were going to be there 20 years from now? You know, we kind of did. <laughs> you what's the number i want to know
1: <laughs> so joseph and i decided that we want to shoot for five children okay so, which is which is a good number
0: yeah. um some
1: people might say that's a lot but um you both came from families yeah and uh joseph even mentioned how many of each gender now i can't quite remember but well that's not really on me but you know <laughs> so but we because it was it was interesting I realized that he was the type of person that goes really specific into things when we started doing this um, we actually reviewed the chapter in your book about making a vision Um, and I think it's chapter seven in the House United book and we read over it and I said okay so let's make a family vision and we did this as part of a couple's meeting which we can get into a little bit more uh, after this but um, we sat down, I said, okay, so what is your favorite holiday, your favorite family centered holiday? And of course we both love Christmas. And so, um, that's something that we decided to do and just have it centered around Christmas. Um, and then we just, I just asked him questions and he got very specific and that was something that I loved learning about him. I'm like, okay, so he actually thinks about details very, very deeply. And, um, Watching him do that gave me an insight into who he was and how he processed things, and so especially if you're newly married um, or just starting this process, it's a it's a great insight into how your your spouse or you know that person that you're with thinks.
0: So, you, so even though there's two of you, you've got to gather in, right? Mm-hmm, you've mm-hmm. got to gather. You've got to say, okay, what are we really doing here? Where are we going? What do we want, right? Yeah. And let's get on the same page. Let's look into the future and say 20 years from now, which is probably going to be when the majority of our children are grown up, okay? Let's, so let's look 20 years from now and say, um, what do we want our family to be like then, you know? what's the age of everybody going to be? And like you said, you can't always pick everything just like you want it, but you can, you can have like a, we're going in this direction and this is what we think is going to happen. We're shooting for five, but you know, Hey, you could get twins or you could only get, you know, three or four, you never know. (laughs) Right. You just try your best and, and you get what you get. And there you go. So so anyway, that's, uh, oh, it's so great. It's so great to feel like we're on the same page. And then even when you have those moments, cause everyone knows in a marriage, you, you have those moments where you're like, okay, you're doing this and I'm doing this. And it seems like we're not even working together here. Like then you can remember, okay, wait a minute. All we got to do is gather back, right? We just gather back to the vision and have a moment when we focus again on where we're headed mm-hmm. because maybe we're a little distracted. So that little yeah. vision can actually make a huge difference all the way along. And I call it little, but it's actually big. It's a big deal. Yeah.
1: Now, that's something I've actually had to do um, whenever, you know, maybe I notice something in my life. I'm like, ooh, okay, I don't wanna, I don't want this to impact you know, my life with my children later on, or, you know, maybe when Joseph, I see him doing something that I'm like, Ooh, I really don't want that to be part of our lives when we have kids. And so, you know, we'll meet together and be like, Hey, so I've noticed you're doing this. And, um, this doesn't really fit with our family vision of what we want for our family. And he's like, Oh yeah, sorry. And so then he'll make changes, um, or I'll make changes. And, um, it's really great to have that, that overarching um that that vision to look forward to so that we can realign our lives into doing what we know we should be doing. Mhm. Okay, so you're talking
0: about these meetings. I think that's important. So you create a a vision, okay, this 20-year vision, and then you and by the way, if you're a family that has children that are older, maybe your children are already in their teens, maybe you're gonna have a 10-year vision instead of 20-year. It doesn't have to be 20. That's just what we did because I I made a vision when our children were young. So um you have this vision, and then you're you're saying that you're having these moments where you go, oh, I think we need to have a little checkup here. We need to talk about some things, right? And see if we're still on track for our vision. So this is when you guys are having couples meetings, right? Correct. Okay. So the couples meeting is something that you have every single week. And this was something that me and dad started doing way early on. We started our couples meetings when we started doing foster care. And I wish we would have started them before because we would have been much more effective as young parents had we been doing couples meetings regularly, but we didn't start them until we started doing foster care. And you and Quinn were like three and one, which, you know, still we were young parents, but Before that, we were just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Anyway, so, um, and we didn't have a vision then. I say, as most new parents do. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I mean, there's a learning curve, right? So anyway, um, this couples meeting, so this is something that we teach how to have a really effective couples meeting. We teach this in the teaching self-government parenting course, and we talk about you know, having a certain time frame that you're going to be meeting each week, and you put it on that schedule, and then there's a process that you go through where you talk about um, the needs for the family, you talk about the scheduling, you talk about the couple's needs for each other, and getting each other on the same page about the children and what's going on there, and you know all that kind of stuff, which is so important for the couple to come together on. Mm-hmm. So. That is the first meeting that we have every Sunday. So in our family, we go to church, we come home, have lunch, then mom and dad have couples meetings. Then we have family meetings and family meetings are the time where the whole family checks up on how they're doing on that 20 year vision and what problems need to be solved. They have this moment of gathering, wait, let's gather and talk about the week let's say what's going to happen this week in our family schedule. Okay. What problems do we need to solve so that this week's better than last week? You know, it's this time where everybody gathers in and everyone gets the opportunity to bring up topics in the meeting. There's a certain process for how we do that, how we vote on things, how we keep the peace during the meetings and make sure that there's always a good and united feeling in the meetings instead of you know, a selfish, grumpy, when is this over kind of a feeling, which can happen sometimes with meetings. So anyway, we do that. And then after the family meetings, then we have individual mentor meetings with the children where each child meets with mom and dad and they talk about their own goals. Those are our own favorite plans. meetings. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all of you guys' favorite meetings. You're like, let's talk, let's talk about me. My goals, what I want to accomplish. And you know what I've noticed is that because of those meetings over the years, you guys come to me and you just want to talk about stuff. You know, just Mm -hmm. the other day, Porter and I were just working out in the yard, and Porter's like, let's talk about my life. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Of course, he says that. (laughs) I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. So he wanted to talk about what was going on with his life and goals that he had for himself so that he could feel like he was getting better prepared for what was in his future and you know and and he's like i like this talk mom i feel like we're really talking about important stuff and i think it was london came up to us or something and interrupted about something he's like london you're interrupting we're talking about my life (laughs) (laughs) he's like go away (laughs) i mean he was you know being kind of like teasy a little bit about it but um but he really enjoyed this conversation and that's
1: one of the beauties of working together yeah and he's 17 talking together for those who don't know so in that interesting teenage phase where a lot of people are like "Eh, i don't want to talk
0: yeah, they can't reach their children. Well, instead, because we've had these meetings, these gathering times, you know, every single week, and even every day, and I'll talk about those in a minute. But we have these points where I just go, I've got to gather, I've got to gather, I'm gathering them in. Um, and, and so now they want to gather too. Well, mom, we got to gather, we got to, let's gather, let's hook together, right? Let's talk about important stuff. And so anyway, And that's what, that's what we do. We gather and it creates this habit of gathering.
1: Yeah. And those meetings, they also provided a safe place to talk about things that maybe don't always get talked about or get found out. So like if children have pornography issues or stuff like that, when you have created that safe space, you know, over time, then, um, children tend to feel safer coming to you, um, and saying, Hey, I have this problem. Or, um, you know, if you were to ask, you know, Hey, you know, children towards this time of life, sometimes get into this. Is this something that you're struggling with? And if they are, then it gives them the opportunity to be honest, because that's something that, I mean, it's, it's touchy for a lot of people, but for our family, you know, stuff like that, we, we talked about stuff like that and very open and, but it, it created a safe place. For when those things, you know, maybe did come up, that we were able to say, "Hey, you know, this is something I'm struggling with. What would you recommend?" Or, "Hey, you know, I'd like some help, maybe preventing this from happening." Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I still remember saying to Porter one time, "Hey, Porter, um, you know, is there anything that's a concern of yours right now?" And he stopped for a second. And he said, "Yeah." you know what? I've been pretty dishonest lately and I need to stop doing dishonest chores. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know and, know, and yeah, well, and he just, you know, he just brought it up and he's like, I, he's like, I just have been getting so tempted to be lazy. And so then I just, I just don't do chores the right way, the way that I know that I should, and I've got to work on that. And, and so then we made a plan for how he could overcome that impulse to want to be dishonest in his chores. So yeah, anything, anything under the sun, you know, weaknesses, addictions, whatever. I mean, children can fall into things, even with the best, you know, parenting out there, you can still have a child who makes a choice or happens upon something or whatever it happens to be. and it's good to, to talk about it. And it's good for them to know there's nothing they can't talk to you about. Um, Porter recently was talking in church. They asked him to give a little youth talk in church. And he, he said, you know, there's just, there's nothing I can't talk to my family about. I mean, there's just, I mean, we just talk about anything and everything, you know, and that all really is, is linked back to this gathering, to these meetings. To that's how we opened all of that is with those meetings. Now I want to talk about a daily gathering. Okay. So we gather daily as well. We have something called the the canon in our family. this is our devotional time where we um, pray. We might sing a hymn. We say our family mission statement. We read scripture together. This is a time where the family kind of just centers in on what's most important to us you know, our beliefs and morals and values and stuff. And, but then also during this time, or sometimes even right before this time, I would think to myself, okay, we've got to lay the foundation for the day. So right before we got to Canon, I would say, okay, let's talk about what's going to happen in our day. We're going to have Canon today and then we're going to move on to some outdoor work time as a family. And then um, we've got some reading time. We've got this thing in the afternoon, da, da da da. you know, and I would list what was happening throughout the day, Yeah, a daily pre-teach. Mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm. And then I would say to everybody, okay, so, you know, is there anything else that we need to remember that needs to happen today? What do you think could make it so that we could be the most successful? at the at getting all these things accomplished today that we need to you know and then you guys would say stuff like well we've got to stay focused let's try to stay on schedule you know, let's put first things first. I mean, all things that I taught you that that's what you do. And you guys would list these things that this is what you were going to do to make sure that we got the things done that we needed to. Now, was every day perfect? Uh, no, every day was not perfect <laughs> because your children were people. We got to
1: adjust. Things happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
0: but we had that daily
1: goal nonetheless.
0: Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is I think we had more perfect days than a lot of other people. Yeah. I mean, when I would talk to other homeschool moms, I'm like we're doing pretty good at our house, you
1: know, <laughs> by
0: comparison,
1: like <laughs> not that
0: I, am I mean, not that I was thinking they're doing bad, but I'm like, wow, they've got a lot going on. I mean, they should gather up maybe a little bit, you know, because mm-hmm. that gathering in gets everybody working as one body. That's the whole yeah. point of the principle of gathering is that you're one you're, instead of just being an individual, I think even people who homeschool, like our family did can have the the mistake of having all of their children think that everything they do each day is just about them as an individual instead of about the whole family. But for me, it was always about the family unit, the family unit, the full body. I felt like if if we could nail that, then you guys would have no problem nailing who you were individually and personally. And sure enough, that's that's how it worked out. So yeah. Whew check. <laughs> you know, that was nice. That was yeah. really well, I think thing.
1: I think that principle of gathering was something that made you a role model for others and that eventually led you into the leadership positions that you're in currently. And, you know, you speak internationally all around the world. You share these principles with people everywhere and you um, help people with this principle of gathering. And it's really brought a lot of other people to look up to you and to yeah kind of put you as their role model be like okay so this is what nicolene does and her family has turned out amazing so maybe let's try this and let's see how it goes and people i i know people will come back to you sometimes even years later and be like okay so we did this we implemented meetings and it's been amazing and our family has changed so much and so drastically and thank you so very much
0: Yeah, it's true. Well, it's really about being deliberate. I mean, when you think about it, gathering, that doesn't seem so hard, right? It's like you just gather the people in. You make a habit of gathering the people in on a regular basis, and you just deliberately get everybody focused in on the family unit instead of themselves. And that is truly, like you said, one of the most powerful tools that I have in my quiver, and it seems really simple, you know, but it takes deliberate effort. You have to say, oh, it's time to gather. Wait, we don't feel fully united. Let's gather. That's what I would do is I'd be like, wait a minute, everybody's going every which way. We are not united as one right now. We got to gather. And so then I would whoop, 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 sweep you all up and bring you into the family room and then talk about what <laughs> we're going to do. Everyone an
1: instruction. You all need to come to the family
0: room. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's how it sounded. Yeah, exactly right. Okay. So I got to tell you something here. And that is that people who gather are more likely to meet their goals than those who just hope, but don't gather. So I think a lot of people hope for success in their goals. That's really common. But if you actually gather for a meeting, gather for a vision, you actually do that gathering those people have a greater chance of succeeding in those hopes and those dreams that they have. And sometimes the people that don't gather that just have the hope think, well, I guess I just don't get that. I guess it's not for me, but it's just because they didn't take enough deliberate effort to work toward it. Now, That doesn't mean we can control everything. Of course, sometimes there's no answers in life and we have to take the long way to something, but by and large, I've noticed that when people gather, when we gather as a family, we're what much more united. We are much more successful in all of our goals, and we accomplish things. We move on to the next to the next place so well. So anyway, uh, I hope that you will take time to gather in your little chickens, and if you don't have the little chickens there yet, like Paige and and that's just down gather the road. Gather in the rooster. Oh. Still <laughs> gather in the rooster, gather in the head, <laughs> gather everybody in, right? So that you can have unity and success and accomplish your goals as a family. And, and apply this principle to your office. If you run a business, gather the people. Gather the people. It's powerful to do it. And you will not be sorry. There are so many more things we can teach you about self-government. Please keep joining us on this podcast, but also. There is so much more at teaching selfgovernment.com. I'm talking so much more. So many different years, and years of videos
1: and recordings and yeah.
0: Yeah. And courses and classes that you can take, different webinars that we've recorded that you can be part of. Um, there's books and different helps and stuff for teaching yourself and your children's self-government so be sure to go to teaching governmentcom and we will talk to you again next time on the teaching self-government podcast bye-bye bye You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.